Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is Janice Malone, host of Film Festival Radio Show. And I have a new interview that I'd like to share with you. My guest is Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she has a new book out. It will be actually fully released next week, November 21st. The title of the book is MTG. Of course, those are her initials, and she's often referred to by those initials. And this is uh, being described as a tell-all type of a book. You can uh, get pre-sale orders at mtgbook.com, or you can purchase it at Barnes & Noble and other places where fine books are sold. Now, for those of you who have listened to our interviews from time to time, we do uh, interviews with national, well-known political figures. And when we do those types of interviews, we really don't get into the political issues uh, about their, where they, their stance on various topics and subject matters because, as you know, we're not a political show. We do entertainment for the audiences, for our listeners. When it's political figures, we try to focus on the contents of their book and just let them share uh, a preview about what's, what they have written in their book and just kind of keep it that way. And having said that, let's now get to my recent interview with Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Let's take a listen. This is Congresswoman Green. Well, good afternoon, Congresswoman Green. It is such a pleasure to chat with you about your new book. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on to do this. Okay, well, let's just jump right in it. And so um, I will tell everybody that we are about to start speaking with Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Green about her brand new book titled MTG. It is available at Fine Book outlets, bookstore outlets, such as Barnes & Noble and others. But if you want to get pre-sale, you can go to the website, mtgbook.com. So, Congresswoman, this is your first book, and it's being described as a tell-all book about your life and career. Uh, why did you decide to write a book at this time in your life? Well, I decided to write this book as I entered Congress in January of 2021, and I never expected to be vilified in the media, and that's what happened to me. They created a character of me that doesn't exist, and then they sold it every single day in the headlines 24-7. And so much has happened uh, since the time I entered Congress in, in 2021 that I wanted to write a book so that people could know exactly who I really am, my beliefs, the person that I am, the policies I believe in but also a lot of behind-the-scenes stories. So I basically ripped the curtain open and, and tell everything that was happening behind the scenes and some of the biggest news, line, news headlines that people know about me. And we're going to get a little bit more into some of that, of, of the above that you just mentioned. But I want to, want to find out this. I read a few weeks ago that uh, – the book chain, Hudson Booksellers, uh, said they were not going to sell your book in the Hudson bookstores in the airports. Has that changed or is that still in, in, in uh, progress? No, it's, it's actually still in place. You know, Hudson Booksellers, they're uh, in all the airports. 
that where people travel through. I'm sure most people know the store well. They might grab a bottle of water or snack or, or pick up a book uh, while they're heading out on a trip. But I want people to understand who this company is. This is a company that sells gender-confusing books, children's books, uh, to kids, telling kids they can change their gender, pushing the trans agenda on them. They, they sell many of these books, but yet they refuse to sell conservative books uh, by people like me, um, not only me, but Mark Levin and, and, and many other conservatives. They won't carry our books, but they want to brainwash children in the most evil lie that's being told in America today. Uh, According to what their higher-ups said, uh, this is a business call because books similar of this topic, uh, according to them, have not sold very well in their stores. I think that my book sales will will prove that to be a lie. Um, And I definitely believe that it's, uh, you know, how we've seen corporations like Disney pushing woke policies. Um, We've seen many other corporations doing this, uh, you know, canceling conservatives, canceling conservative ideas, but promoting the policies and the woke agenda of the left. Um, And I think that's what we're seeing from Hudson booksellers, and I think it's a real shame. Uh, And you know what? I think people need to understand exactly who they are. A company that promotes gender-confusing books for kids and lies, uh, but but will stop stop. From selling my book, and and I promote a bill that would stop these genital mutilation surgeries on kids, and and I even write about that in my book. I have a whole chapter uh, designated to to that very issue, promoting my bill and why it's important that it needs to pass. Now, as you mentioned a minute ago, uh, your book again, the title is MTG, uh, pulls back the curtain on some of the major headlines that have come out of Washington, D.C., and also uh, some of the Democrat political elite. Give us an example from your book on some people there, the elite that you reveal and talk about and mention in your book. Well, I I tell a lot of stories in my book, and and it's interesting. I I tell tell stories on both Democrats and Republicans. Um, The first chapter of my book starts out on January 6th, 2021, that was my third day uh, on the job, actually. So I tell, I tell what it was like being in the House chamber when the Capitol was breached. I, I talk about Democrats' reactions, Republicans' reactions. Um, I, even, I even talk about how the following days I had a run-in with Cori Bush, the BLM congresswoman, um, you know, and, and, and what happened with her. I even tell, I tell more stories about how uh, in November of 2021, I was one of the first and, and only members of Congress that went to go visit the January 6th defendants in the D.C. jail, uh, where they were being held in solitary confinement uh, about 23 hours a day and having their rights abused. And, and how, how so sadly uh, it was for me to see them. And, and you know, it's, it's still sad today. Many of them are, are still suffering a lot of the same situation as they're being held in jail and persecuted by our Department of Justice. So these are a lot of the stories I tell. I also talk about some Republican colleagues of mine that um, shockingly don't support uh, ending the genital mutilation of children and don't want to pass the bill uh, to end this, these horrific surgeries on kids um, that, you know, children, teenagers are getting mastectomies. 
um, castration, all because they're confused before they've ever uh, grown up, uh, before they're ever old enough to vote, buy nicotine, buy alcohol, join the military, even graduate from high school. And surprisingly, it's Republicans that are stopping that bill from being passed right now in Congress since we held the majority. So I name a few names, and I think that's the right thing to do. People deserve to know. To further speak about the January 6th riots, uh, I'm going to read just a couple of short sentences from your book. Uh, You write, several of the Republican congressmen said, we're going to stay right here and defend the House chamber. As they began barricading the door with furniture, I noticed not one Democrat was willing to stay to defend the chamber, unquote. There were some Democrats, that was your version of of what you saw, but there were some Democrats that disagree with you on that. Um, What do you have to say? Well, there's video evidence uh, and proof of what I have to say. Uh, there's there's photographs um, that that came out literally right after January 6th, showing the Republicans that were barricading the the door to the chamber. And in that photo, you won't find a single Democrat, and that's because none of the Democrats were willing to do so. They were they were just you know going back to their offices or or acting chaotically, cowardly. Um, they, many of them had the big plastic bags over their head, uh, after we were told that there was, there was, um, you know, a type of gas or something that had been fired into, into the hallways there. Um, even though you couldn't smell anything, um, I, I just was, I was shocked at their behavior and I, I was impressed that the Republican men that were brave enough, you know, at the time we had no idea who was in the Capitol building. We, we thought it was Antifa and BLM because we had seen them uh, do all these riots, attacking police, attacking federal courthouses, you know, burning, uh, what was it, like they destroyed 93 uh, police vehicles. Um, it, it was amazing what had happened in 2020, $2 billion in damage. So we, we thought that's what was happening to the Capitol. Um, we had no idea that it was mostly people just walking through the, the hallways in there and, and walking through. We knew there had been uh, some fighting with the police outside because that was the video footage continuously shown on television. Um, but it was it was an extraordinary day, uh, a day I never expected. Uh, I was just, you know, involved and planned to object to Joe Biden's electoral college votes. But, um, you know, it's a day that I believe many lies have been told about and that a lot of truth has not been fully revealed, even though the Democrats had the January 6th committee. It was a committee that was all set up just to frame President Trump and and frame his supporters. Now, some of your opponents and some people in the media have described you as being uh, the most dangerous woman in Washington. Some have said that you are an extremist Republican congresswoman. What do you think is the biggest misconception the public has about you? And how? what are some things that your book will show us to clear up some of these misconceptions? Well, the name-calling that you, you just said, those are the misconceptions about me. Um, there's, there's nothing extremist or, or dangerous about supporting uh, life of the unborn. There's nothing dangerous or extremist about wanting secure borders and, and safety for every single American. There's nothing extremist or dangerous about uh, 
wanting American manufacturing to come back to our country and to see great economic growth uh, for every single American. There's nothing extremist or or dangerous uh, about saying that we've got to reduce our our debt that's got us over $33 trillion in debt. And there's nothing extremist or dangerous about wanting to protect kids from getting their body parts cut off before they're ever grown up. As a matter of fact, the most extremist, dangerous things I've seen, I've seen in my time since I've been in Washington, and that was uh, many of the bills that I've had to vote on, uh, Democrat bills, when Nancy Pelosi was speaker, like when they passed a bill that would make, that would federally uh, go and make it go into law that abortion is legal up until the day of birth. Um, when Nancy Pelosi made the House rules that completely destroyed gender names uh, and family names, like we weren't allowed to say mother, father, sister, brother, uncle, aunt, daughter, son, um, and recognize that there's only two genders in our language and our bills and in our speech, and those were the Democrat rules. Um, also, times like have happened just recently where Rashida Tlaib is involved in a terrorist group called Global Intifada and gave us speech on October 18th, which incited the mob of over 1,500 people to descend on the Capitol complex where over 300 people got arrested in our Cannon House office building on October 18th. And the, the people that were involved in organizing it are, have known uh, ties to terrorism and Hamas. Uh, these, are, these are the true extremists and, and people that are dangerous uh, to not only our government, but they're dangerous to the American people. Um, also, I questioned Secretary Marcus this week on the Homeland Committee, where I served, and FBI Director Christopher Wray. And Mayorkas uh, made the statement in our committee hearing this week that he is offended by the word invasion. And, you know, that's such an outrageous statement for him to make because actually as Secretary of Homeland Security, he's breaking our laws, uh, not, not upholding our Constitution and our laws because he's allowed 10 million people to come across our border and 1.8 million gotaways in our country that the FBI director, Christopher Ray sat next to him and said has led our country to be in a national security crisis because there, there's terrorists in our country now because of our open border and because of the state of our country. Those are the real extremists, and those are the real people that are dangerous in Washington. Um, and you have the FBI director and Merrick Garland as the Department of Justice uh, Attorney General that are targeting Trump supporters every single day, um, targeting parents that want to hold their school boards accountable, targeting Catholics, and relying on the Southern Poverty Law Center as their sources as they as they target people all across America simply to sway elections for especially Joe Biden um, and and go after their political enemies. And that's the real extremism. That's the real danger uh, to our democracy, to our country. Um, so those headlines and name name calling about me is absolutely wrong, and I think people will read that in the pages of my book MTG. And I hope they order a copy at mtgbook.com. It's a great read, and I hope people definitely pick up their copy. I got two uh, more questions here, and then we'll wrap this up. Um, this time next year, November of next year, a new president will be elected, and if your party wins, and uh, Mr. Trump will obviously be reelected. If that happens, where do you see yourself in a possible new Trump administration? 
Well, that's up to um, President Trump, of course. Uh, that's a decision that, that he, he will make. Uh, right now, I am very invested in the job that I'm doing, and that's representing Georgia's 14th district. And I absolutely love my district. I'm honored to represent them. They're wonderful people, wonderful Americans, and and I, I think I'm doing a good job for them. At least they keep telling my, me I am every time I come home, so I'm very grateful for that. But if President Trump asked me, of course, I would be honored, uh, uh, and, and, and I would serve him in any capacity that he asked me. Do you have aspirations of one day running for governor of Georgia or, or maybe even president yourself running for that office? Uh, these are these are uh, future positions that I, I am considering. Um, of course, uh, I only want to do a good job for my my district, my state, and my country. Um, and if it looks that that is something a door that opens up for me, then yes, I will consider those future uh, those future races and and future plans. Someone wanted me to ask you real quickly, do you have any personal friends who are Democrats? Uh, in my life, yes. I've got a lot of personal, most of my personal friends are just normal, average Americans, uh, because I've never held a position in politics until I became a member of Congress. Um, so, so yeah, people would be surprised by that. Um, but it's the Democrats in Washington, D.C. are the ones that have a problem with me, not the ones that actually know me personally. And finally, uh, again, your new book, MTG, will be officially released on November 21st, the day before Thanksgiving, of course. Politically speaking, what are two things that you are thankful for at this time in your career? Oh, my goodness. Um, things I'm thankful for, uh, I'm very thankful for my family. Um, I'm, I'm proudly a mom of three kids. My kids are all grown up now, but that's my favorite job title, mom. And that's the best job, best, best thing I've ever done in my entire life is to be a mom. So that's always what I'm most thankful for. Um, I'm also thankful to my staff. They are so hardworking and my constituent services, uh, here in my district. I'm so proud of them. They do such a good job. And, you know, I, I constantly am in touch with them and visiting my office every time I can get home. And, and I think that's the real work that we should be invested in as members of Congress and representatives. Okay, that will do it. And so once again, we want to thank you, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, for your time. And I know you're a very busy lady. The book, again, is available pre-sell, mtgbook.com, and Barnes and & Noble, and other places where fine books are sold. So thank you so much, Congresswoman, and have a blessed and wonderful uh, Thanksgiving season with you and your family. Oh, thank you for the interview, and, and happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and, and thank you again. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.